Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss Miles Morales, Frank Underwood, and Trevor Belmont. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. All right. It's a new year. It's a new day, Ryan. New year, new tomorrow. It's 20. Wow. That's really good stuff. 2019. (laughs) I definitely wrote 2018 on something recently, like... I definitely am not I have not acclimated to the fact that we're in a new I wrote twenty twenty. I'm just like leaping right ahead. And you're like, it's time <laughs> to elect a new president. Uh no. Um it's look, it's twenty nineteen. Uh twenty eighteen is over. Uh it's dead and buried. Thank God. Um, and and but you know, we're living in we you know that really the beginning of twenty nineteen is really we're living with all of twenty eighteen's bullshit when you think about it. Mm-hmm. We're living we're still living in a twenty eighteen kind of like universe. I mean if we're if we're being honest, we're still living with like 2000s bullshit. Yeah, really. It's really true. Now more than ever since the 2000s are, <laughs> since the aughts are coming back. So it's very. Get your Uggs on. It's time to get some silver pants with lots of zippers or whatever it is that people are wearing these days. Um, all right. So there's a lot to talk about. There's a ton of things going on. I have personal gripes and rants that I would like to engage in at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not going to start with those. We can start with whatever you want to start with. Okay. Your choice. We have to start with Ellen. I, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So you, you have this on our list of things to talk about. I don't know anything about what's going on with Ellen. I talk about gay stuff on this podcast so much. Yeah. And, and, I and like I, I'm and, a little worried, honestly, because I feel like the podcast is becoming a gay podcast and not and, uh, whatever it was <laughs> before. Now we're just now we're just gay. Josh, I I don't want to blow your mind, but everyone is secretly gay. Hey, you don't tell me. You don't tell me. Everybody's a little (laughs) bit gay. No, I mean, I have to talk about this. Okay, go ahead. What is is it? I can't believe we're leading with Ellen, but let's go. Let's do it. So Kevin Hart, just to catch up if you missed old episodes, Kevin Hart was announced as the Oscar host, and it made LGBTQ people a little, mm, because he had for a long time done a lot of like pretty harsh homophobic jokes about gay children. Like if a child presented as gay to him, he would like violently. Mm. He said something about like hitting them and all this stuff. That's not and cool. He used the F word quite a bit, which mm. like I'm allowed not, to throw not around. Fuck. At the, not, not fuck. No, I'm allowed <laughs> to throw around it around the apartment, but yeah. it's a little weird when Kevin Hart does. But so okay, yeah. he had been asked about this previously and he always had like really like, well, funny is funny kind of answers. Uh, Louis mm-hmm. Vertel from the Keep It podcast asked him at a press junket for a movie in which there's a lot of like prison rape jokes. If that made him uncomfortable with his history with the gay community. And he was like, funny is funny. Um, so he's not like our favorite person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's not, you wouldn't say Kevin Hart's a gay icon. No, no, I, I would. I wouldn't even call him an ally, but so he's. But he seems like a a nice guy who's just an idiot and said horrible stuff. Like lots of people have said horrible stuff that I I, I can fully condemn. But when when you're a nice person and you realize what you've done, or someone says like you really hurt my feelings, you apologize. Kevin Hart has not done that. Great. So to catch uh, you yeah, up, and and he in fact was like, um, I've already apologized for this, and uh, so. Yeah, but like the original apology, he never really like. There well, was I'm looking no real now. Apology. I'm looking now, and everybody's like, "Where are the old apologies?" Like, I yeah, just there did are a quick none. Search. 
I mean, Vulture to... did like a long investigation into like m- like years of tweets and every statement he's ever made about it, and they can't find an apology. But so he gets announced as the Oscars host. People get really upset, and so he cancels as Oscar host. He's like, I don't want to be a part of this because you know I I obviously I screwed up, and it's time for me to like you know. Uh, I don't know. Try to have, understand what you're saying or whatever. Not again. Not an apology, but he's listening. <laughs> I love it. I love when uh, I love when everybody's. I love when people listen. I love uh, when we have a listening period. Louis C.K.'s nine month listening period. It's just time to listen now. Okay. <laughs> um, listen. But so he 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 steps down, and it's like fine. The Oscars cannot find a host because they refuse to hire. Um, a woman. They're just they're just not hiring a woman. There's been no consideration. Um, and they have that whole Oscar so white controversy. So mm-hmm. the the yeah. the thinking is they're trying to find now a person it's, now of it's color. like Oscars Oscar so straight. Yes, the thinking <laughs> is they're trying to find a person of color who queer people won't be upset about to host the Oscars. But it also needs to be like they want um like mass appeal. Like the Oscars okay, are two no words. longer happy two words. with just a small audience. Queen Latifah. I have been saying Tiffany Haddish has is taking every job sent her way. Why is she not hosting the Oscars? Why All was right. she not nominated? That's, a, that's another option. Uh, it's a Queen Latifah is out, right? She's she's gay. Uh, yes, she is. She is that is not gay. a thing? I was just gonna say she's gay, person of color. She's fantastically entertaining. Uh, I think you know household name as far as I'm concerned. Am yeah, I crazy? I think as far as anybody's concerned, I feel like but she checks all the boxes. Maybe not super relevant. People right now, don't but... totally want the. I, I mean, the, the. I also the Oscars always place this story that nobody wants to host Oscars, <sighs> which is true. Sick of the fucking but... Oscars. Honestly, who cares about? I'm sorry. We can keep talking about it, but fucking seriously, the Oscars. Who cares? The Oscars are so irrelevant. Do you know what would make the Oscars relevant if no. they were just? targeted towards the niche audience that has always cared about them their little core audience which is like uh, do your fucking indie movies and whatever else this whole like putting out an oscar for most popular film and stuff like that oh yeah they're trying no, they're doing so the bad. buzzfeed strategy of like everyone if if everyone is our audience it's just settled like down. we'll make just, more money but the, but the other the other issue is it's like they don't the oscar seems like the least fun of every award show that has ever existed oh by far People can drink during the Golden Globes, even though you can buy the award. Like, you can just purchase one. Um, people can drink during it, and the hosts are allowed to have a fun time. I mean, when the Grammys is a more watchable show than your award show. I don't even like award shows to begin with. I mean, we can go down to a rabbit hole, but I, I don't like awards for art. I don't think that makes any sense. So, well, I mean, I've, I'm a, you know. I'm you can of... honor artists, but art is not an objective thing you measure. There's no best actress in any objective terms. And I'm, I understand uh, yeah. people love, right. love these ceremonies. So I, I'm not saying don't have any, but awards for art is always odd to me. Yeah, I'm sort of anti, like, it is hard to, like, put a number on art, you know, like, this is ten and this is zero or whatever. Like, I it's, mean, it's not a race. It's not like oh, you I mean, that's objectively why, to me, moved to me, faster. To me, that's why Rotten Tomatoes is such garbage. It's like, yeah. it's like the oh, the aggregate of it's like this weird number has been created that determines. You know, it's like my favorite one of my favorite movies on Rotten Tomatoes is like sixty percent or something. It's like, well, what does that mean? What does it it's mean? Like, I it, to me, it's a hundred percent. And to somebody else, it's a zero percent of reviewers liked it, which. But it depends on who the reviewer is because there's a lot of reviewers I don't agree with. And now that affects the score of how – it doesn't make any sense to me. But in any event, the Oscars is really – has been in a weird place for a while now. They're trying really hard to, like, be relevant and truly having no clue where to start. Um, And they constantly step in bullshit like this. But so, all of this happens. Um, 
especially people of color in the queer community are upset because um, people keep like stepping over them and telling them how they should feel about this. In any event, Kevin Hart goes on the Ellen show. He's supposed to go on on Monday and nobody really knows what he's going to talk about. Then she drops this Thursday night in the middle of the night on YouTube, this interview where she essentially asks him about the controversy, quote unquote. He says he's already apologized for it. Wait and, a second. You know, wait, wait, where did this happen? Sorry, on Ellen? On Ellen. Okay. He says he's already apologized for it and he's like, fine, you know, he wants to move forward, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes on like a six minute rant about how, you know, he's persecuted and all these haters are coming after him and it's ruined his life, which like you're the richest comedian in the world. Like you're not entitled to host the Oscars or you know what? Let's not even go that far. You're not entitled to everybody liking that you are hosting the Oscars. Like, people are allowed to tweet that they don't want to watch you. But in any event, Ellen then grants, like, her, because she's the queen of gayness, she's the only person who ever struggled with coming out. Mm. Um, she, she was the first person on TV, so she has all this power. She then grants him and, like, we accept your apology on mm. behalf of queer men, and Ooh. specifically queer men of color, Ooh. because that's who his jokes are about. Right. And it is so fucking awful and bizarre and such a weird betrayal because now my entire mentions about this like every time i've tweeted about it um like dozens of people are tweeting at me but ellen says it's okay and it's like there's no way yeah. to argue with I that think, because I i'm think, telling you ellen doesn't speak for me but that's what you think is the truth i think look here's the thing about kevin hart and ellen and that is true about um there's two things here first off no group of people is monolithic, and I think that there should be no single spokesperson for an entire group of people. Like, because if I, if that was true, <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner would speak for all trans well, that's people. The, and we and, know and we she know, doesn't. We know that is not the case. But there's so there's like it's like really dangerous to think that you're speaking for like Ellen should not ever assume that she's speaking for any of her community. Like I just feel I mean it's okay to like. To say, like, I'm this is how I feel, and this is how people that I know in and my community okay feel. And it's okay to want to engage with the topic. I just said I talk about gay stuff on this podcast a lot, but it's because it's a, yeah. it's a, it's it. a threaded me, in part of every part of my life. So it's going to come up. Well, so no, if it I'm comes saying, up for Ellen. I'm not saying it should, I'm not saying she shouldn't speak on behalf of, of her community. I'm not, I'm just saying she shouldn't, it shouldn't be a blanket thing. Like, but okay, that's one thing. Like, I don't think you should have like a monolithic single spokesperson for every person in a community. It's like a community is, is, should be, you know, diverse. But, um, the other thing is that, like, the thing to remember is that Ellen and Kevin Hart don't exist. In, in there is a there is a leveling that wealth and fame brings that where mm -hmm. like they are not whatever their relationship is, whatever her relationship to Kevin Hart is, is not in in any way the kind of relationship that Kevin Hart has to like an average person, gay or straight, in the world. Like, so the idea that like she can grant him forgiveness is sort of like extremely misguided because it's like you don't even live in the world that the people that he's hurting live in. So like you can't really understand or like appreciate like the problem here because you guys are like rich and famous together. So like it kind of and cancels it's out way like easier to empathize with someone you have dinner with who has the same problems as you, which are like uh, the whole media and yeah. your career and blah, blah, blah. than it is to empathize with someone who just, you saw, you read a tweet and because you can you've be never like, interacted with these and people. And you can be like, you can be like, look, Oh, you know, it's like you can commiserate about online mobs and forgiveness and all this bullshit. And it's like, it's fine. But like, can he just do a, a, a proper, like regular apology and like be like, I fucked up. Like, does he even, has even done that no not even close and the, i mean and the thing i haven't is, heard the video time... i haven't seen the video so i don't know what he says oh i've watched it like a hundred times i mean does he apologize he doesn't 
he he basically says I've already apologized and like basically a real housewife style like I'm sorry your feelings are hurt or whatever yeah, which is not uh, by the way I'm sorry your feelings are hurt is like another attack just for the record like it, I'm sorry your feelings are hurt is like is like you're it's like it's a too bad that you're so sensitive that this has upset you Yes, exactly. It's it's a passive aggressive. Listen, I've been in enough arguments where I've made the argument to people where I'm like, well, I'm really sorry that upset you, and they're like, you're a fucking ass. So I've had enough of those conversations to know to be the, have been having been the perpetrator of such an argument. Um, it's not a really good argument. You really can't. It doesn't work. It's kind of a passive aggressive bullshit way to get out of something. But the thing as a man is, who's working it, on it, himself when it directly affects Ellen, she stands up really well. Like she stood up to Caitlyn Jenner about her views on gay marriage and voting for Trump and stuff pretty consistently and has, and has been really hard on her and asked her tough, tough questions and gotten real apologies out of her because it directly affects Ellen. So Ellen's like, you know, this hurt my feelings. I want an apology. Ellen is now granting an accepted of non-apology on behalf of people that she doesn't empathize with. And it's not, it's never been like more clear that, not only our community is not like a monolith, but like somebody should have le- Ellen's level of power in Hollywood that of of every stripe, so that when this happens, you don't go on the Ellen Show, you go on, you go on Titus Burgess's talk show or whatever, and you have to talk to him about it because Titus Burgess would have very different views and a very different way of talking to Kevin Hart, and it might actually be productive. What's not productive is to watch this, like, extremely wealthy cis white woman who is also gay and Mm -hmm. had, like, a a tough time with that 20 years ago. Um, Yeah, but also... Then, like, sort through and be the Judge Judy of, like, (laughs) a whole community. It's very bizarre. uh, Can I just say... And then we uh, we should move on to other stuff, but, like, can I just say... Her tough time was like I was a TV star and then I came out and it was tough to get more work being a TV star, which is a struggle and is unfair. But it is not the same thing as like at, that average people go through in terms of like and difficulties. Guess what? You're like Ellen's Ellen's struggle is not like Britney Spears in 2007 had a complete mental breakdown. Well, like that is this, a particular how we bring how we bringing this back to Britney Spears. Because that is a particular struggle that one person went through and you can empathize and be like, I, I would never understand. So when she speaks about mental health, she's speaking from a position that she knows more than I do. Ellen had a tough time coming out. Guess who else has had that? Every single queer person has had a horrible time coming out. She doesn't have some special like protective like but ellen really went through it so now she gets to speak from that place like ellen went through it just as much as i went through it except she also had millions of dollars and was famous so like that's tough but i'm sick of i i i I just feel like it doesn't give her some kind of pass but all of which to say this is a really interesting media story because it's so such clear pr the uh, ellen has hosted the it's definitely this is definitely all those people this is definitely coordinated by like managers and um I mean, this is coordinated by managers and and publicists and 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 agents. Like, this is not didn't just happen. You know, she wasn't like I, we should do this. We should talk about it. This is like somebody went to Ellen and they were like, "You're the only person who can redeem Kevin. How do we make this happen?" And they made a deal. Yeah, like this is how. Like, the, I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to be conspiracy theory, but like Hollywood doesn't work in a way where you're like, uh, you know, these things just spontaneously happen. This is arranged by people and it's arranged for a specific reason. And every he could story have gone, has been He could have placed. gone on Colbert and maybe he did and said, listen, I fucked up. I blah, 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 this and that. But they were like, no, Colbert's not the right person. We'll get we'll, Ellen. We need, the, we, need the, we need the spokesperson for the gay community to speak on this. Yeah. You know, I mean, there aren't, who are the other gay like spokespeople in Hollywood? 
Like, who else is there to go like to? Like RuPaul, maybe? But yeah, RuPaul RuPaul's, doesn't have a talk show? Yeah, right. But yeah. So who are they? Like, who else would you go to? I have no clue. It's like, I mean, it's kind of incredible when you think about it, like how limiting the venues are for these kinds of conversations in like popular media. It's like, I mean, there are you can no. talk to six white guys or Ellen. And the thing is, we live in <laughs> an Samantha age of B. like, like Ellen posted this to YouTube. We live in an age where if Kevin Hart really wanted to do a really productive conversation, he could sit down with literally anybody on YouTube, post it, get hundreds of millions of views in the same yeah. news story cycle. But it, 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 because this is a PR arranged thing where he doesn't really give a shit, he goes on whatever talk show is the most like close and then like does the thing so that all the locals are like well kevin apologized and ellen says it's okay so now i can watch the oscars which is all they really care about which i don't know i don't i'm like you know honestly more than anything i i feel like it's like i i just don't care about the oscars i think the whole thing is like imagine a controversy such a high like such a such a pitched controversy about something that honestly is like uh, if you don't like, if you don't like Kevin Hart's jokes, like you shouldn't like pay attention to Kevin Hart. And if Kevin Hart won't like apologize for jokes that are lame and you disagree with his like stance on it, then you should pay it. You should ignore him. He should be shunned. Um, if you think it's okay, then that's the kind of person you are and you can continue following Kevin Hart. But like at the end of the day, like the Oscars are not important. It's I like mean, some things are going to, some the reason that this, this all came up is that they are really important, but two like the queer community. Like we take them very seriously. So it's sort of like the Super Bowl. I, I know that that's such a trite old joke, but it is kind of like the gay Super Bowl and it's going to have like it's going to be seen, it's going to be discussed. No, I'm not saying there I'm not saying like that there's no waste. I'm not saying there's no I'm not saying there's no value to them. I'm not saying that there aren't they aren't important to some people. I'm just saying in the grand scheme of things, I feel that like the Oscars are increasingly irrelevant. And yeah, and this as, whole as an art platform they're increasingly irrelevant. I mean this whole thing is like it feels like it's not much to do about nothing because it is definitely a something to do about something. <laughs> it is a, a do about something. But like, I think the thing is like, I don't know. I just can't get over my feeling about the irrelevance of the Oscars and how this all feels like theater to get people interested in the Oscars. Like every year there's some Oscar thing now. So people oh, are like, yeah. you know, I feel like almost, this is almost engineered like in a way. And again, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but it almost feels like it's like the Oscar so white thing, not saying that was engineered because that's real, but then their like response to it was so overwrought and so completely like uh, transparent. I don't know, whatever. It's I'm already getting tired of this. How do we get how do we get onto a topic that is not about Kevin Hart? Well, anyway, I agree with I, I, I will say this. I, I think the point you're making is that Ellen, it's not Ellen's place to speak for the entire community on this particular topic. Yeah, and, and it just becomes the nexus of like everything we have more media than ever um but everybody wants to be mainstream and wants to be like like mass market appeal so all of that media is dumb and we've got so 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 much like video and interviews and blah 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 blah. but at the end of the day like everybody kind of wants to appeal to everybody so oscars and ellen are going to chase that market no matter like the niche market that they could you know play to right any event right other entertainment things that are more fun to discuss have you seen the masked singer (laughs) okay so okay so i saw the i saw the commercial i saw a commercial for the masked singer is that what it's called the masked singer yeah Um, i saw it and i could not believe that that was a real show and not a 30 rock parody show i think it looks amazing i haven't seen it it looks like an amazing idea Uh, i hear it's i understand it's doing very well so fox has this show like it's a big hit Fox has this show where 
a bunch of celebrities are in like mascot outfits and then they sing. Yeah, they're all like, know um, what's the name of the Phillies? Are. The Phillies, new Phillies mascot. Yeah, they all look like gritty. Gritty. Yeah. They all, it's like, yeah, it's all, they're kind of like fucked up. Like the costumes are not normal. They're like, no, they're horrifying, like eldritch beasts. Yeah, they're pretty wild. <laughs> Anyhow, so they sing. They sing and then a bunch of B list celebrities then judge, like, trying to guess it's who they basically, are. It's basically, here's what it is. is. And this is, I'm sure how it was pitched. It's, um, uh, uh, what was the name of that game show where they would try to guess? Uh, it's like not the dating game. Oh, what's, I think it's called what's my line. Hold oh on. yeah. Oh yes. What's, what's my line? My line. Didn't where we, you guess people's recently? jobs. Yeah. No, okay. I watched that. I love what's my line. I well, okay. It so it's, what, it's, it's what's my line crossed with um, like American Idol basically yeah 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 and it's a really and it's based on a South Korean show and nothing has ever been more clear of course that, that, it is. that this is from South Korea um and so it's good um I'm not saying it's good I'm saying I can't not it it is so weird and bizarre and like bad in a way that I can't not look i can't look away like mm. i know for a fact tori spelling is in one of those outfits do you know so what wait, i mean so wait, how is it so is the singing bad yeah i mean some of the singing is good but some of it's bad and some of it's like in the middle like tori spelling for example has to be one of those people and she has been to like i guess a couple vocal lessons for this sort of like lip sync battle they do some rehearsals so it's not like unlistenable it's just they're not like you're not like oh that's christina aguilera in a mascot suit right I mean, but so it's, so it's, it's, per, so it's kind of, is there bad? I mean, does it get bad? Is there like, um, who is the guy that everybody makes fun of for singing really poorly on American Idol? Like, do they have that level? William of like, Hung. Yeah, no, William it's Hung. it's not that bad. But, but it, what's funny is that what's clearly, obviously, Tori Spelling in a lion suit. They've got these B-list celebrities. Being how like, do you know? How do you is know? Is this Madonna? How do you know it's Tori Spelling? It might be Madonna. That is literally my guess because the level of like production value and the celebrities like caliber that they have is it's got to be like Dina Lohan. Like, <laughs> so you think it's not going to be Madonna? No, it's not going to be Madonna. They're not going to be like, we've got Mariah Carey in a lion costume. <laughs> I, I feel like that's what's going to make the show incredible is that at some point they're going to pull off the fucking hood or whatever. I don't know how they, how do they reveal them? Like what's the um, what's the they, way that they like take off their big mask? I feel like the reveal is going to be like they're going to. It's going to be somebody incredible. It's going to be like Mariah Carey. That's what's going <laughs> to make it. That's what's Ariana make Grande it. hasn't been on a hiatus recording an album. She's been on the Masked Singer just as a I'm, unicorn. I'm telling you. I mean, you joke, okay? You joke, but I think that that's what's going to happen. I, I it it captured it captured my imagination and I have to say like for at this point for anything to feel like a fever dream on reality TV in 2019 like great work everybody <laughs> you really did it, it. I you think it, it sounds, I think it sounds very exciting I have to tell you I very exciting about I'm very excited about it. and I now I want to watch it Speaking of I, things you've watched did you yes. watch Bandersnatch Yes I watched Bandersnatch I'm I did all thoughts. I did all the Bandersnatch endings I got every ending um uh, okay, so Bandersnatch at first, I was like, this is dumb. Then I was like, this is actually very cool. Then I was like, this is very clever how they've made it like meta because it kind of works. It works a lot better uh, as a meta kind of thing, right? Like it's like, it's sort of stupid to be doing multiple choice unless your multiple choice is part of the story. By the way, spoiler alert, like if you haven't 
used or played yeah, skip or ahead whatever the fuck you you're, we're calling it today. It. But but um, yeah, skip ahead if you haven't watched Bandersnatch. Yeah, but actually do because it's good. Um, uh, but okay, but but and there is the real ending of Bandersnatch, which is like. I mean, there's a couple of endings that are just like throwaway, but then there's a real one. And it has like pretty good emotional heft. And I was like, that's pretty good. Like, that's a pretty good story. See, I wanted the violent, like the violent one to be the um the like cartoony, campy violent one that's like Street Fighter. I wanted that to be the real ending. Well, but that's the thing is that there is a real ending that everything else is sort of a fake ending. And yeah. um the the you know and they 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 kind of make it easy for you like it's not like it's hard to get to the real ending mm-hmm. um but okay so 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 then i'm like okay so so i watched it and i was enjoying it and uh but then after thinking about it a little bit i actually think it's kind of bad like I, this, I think the story itself actually doesn't hold up to scrutiny. I think it is like much a gim- like a lot of Black Mirror. Yes, like it, much it gets of, you with the gimmick, but it, if you think about it for too long, it doesn't make any sense. Like much of Black Mirror, it doesn't hold up to scrutiny, and um, when you really look at it, it's kind of like you know, it it, it, it is. It's kind of like what's the point? Like they never really get anywhere. I will say there are a couple of moments in it that are truly like amazing there, there's a moment there's there's a there's a drug sequence in the film that really fucks you up yeah i think it's truly upsetting like there's a moment there's a true there's a legit jump scare in bandersnatch yeah maybe i've given away too much now unfortunately but that should have been the ending there's a legit jump scare in bandersnatch that's like fucked up i feel like the story could have gone a lot of different directions that would have been more satisfying as a as a Here's story, what my pitch was to do this, and and I, I'm never going to get the chance to do it. At yeah, least maybe you will. You never know. Five years. This was my pitch for this, which was similar, but I think actually better because I came up with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, didn't you talk I, about this la- on the last episode? I talked about that. I had this idea, but I'm going to tell you what the idea is. In the my idea for it was that at the beginning, you start doing a choose your own ending thing. You pick just two options that you don't really understand, and it ends up with a character dying sort of at the fact that you made that choice resulted in them dying. Then we, we pick up, we go, the screen goes black. We pick up with a main character and we control this main character. And this main character is trying to figure out why this person died, how they died. Like it was a freak accident. Like it doesn't make any sense. And that person slowly realizes that someone's controlling their actions. And like you did it. The, the, the solution to the mystery is that the person sitting on the couch is the murderer and they're trying to like figure out who you are and you can control some stuff that they do mm. and it becomes all meta mm. and then they have to piece together the thing and it be like it, I have a whole ending that I'm not going to give away but something that sort of implicates you because then there's a reason why we're pulling you into the story to make these decisions it half does that he like realizes that there's someone controlling his actions and he fights against it but not to say anything not to like make any artistic Right. Well, no, that's, freak that, you out. that whole that whole thing is like a throwaway. I mean, that's actually one of the things that's annoying to me is that like it's it it that whole part of it is just not. Um, it's like yeah, it's happening, but there's no. There, it doesn't matter. Like it's not part of the story, and and the, and the whole backstory about the guy, the the author of the book, is really not part of the story either. 
I mean, there's really like one. Okay. Also, it's Donnie Darko. I just want to say the story is Donnie Darko. Yeah, it is. It's That's the other Darko. thing that we should really talk about, which like I feel like needs to be said. And I probably should have fucking written something about it. But like it is about like this like kind of misguided youth who's like on medication and people are like, well, he's fucked up. Like so he's, something's wrong with him. And he's having all and these like weird – And he's making weird... a choose-your-own-adventure game. Yes, yeah, so he's like... having all of these weird – he's having all he's having all of these weird things where it's like time seems out of sync and then it's like he gets a message from this thing and it's like you can travel through time and it's like, oh, where does that sound familiar? And then like instead of getting the thing coming out of his chest, it's a mirror, but like you can use the mirror to like move through like periods of time or whatever. And it's like – and then the ending is fucking identical to Donnie Darko. Identical. It's like, oh, he should have been dead the whole time. That's why everything seems so fucked up. Yeah. So like, anyhow, so there's that, okay, which is you just recycled another uh, story. Um, but there's there's also like, I think that 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 whole thing with like, I love the meta-ness of the you're being controlled. If they had gone into that, if they had I been know, like, like the idea of of you of, of of free will or not free will or what it means or like what this guy discovered, the author of the book that he discovered that somehow like we're all being controlled and like there's a, a another level like above the what we see to like you know this control system like that would have been really fucking interesting, but instead it's just like yeah it's just like they don't do anything with it, you know. It just doesn't go anywhere. They at one point they we we as the character that like is part of that story sort of explain what Netflix is to him as one of the endings. It's like that's not come on. I mean that whole thing, that whole. I mean the Netflix thing is was cute, but it's like obviously, you know, it's obviously not going anywhere. No, I mean it's obviously to say anything. It was just to be cute, right? So it's like you you know, I, I think anyhow. So upon further sort of interrogation. I think what you find is that it's um it's not really that it's not really that good, you know? It's got some yeah. good moments. But it's not that special. No, I didn't think either and I think as a as a first like launch for Netflix in this style of storytelling, I get why they went with it, but I feel like it, it that kind of storytelling really taking off, it needed to really be an incredible story that could only be done in that way and it would have i i think like left a bigger impression on people sort of like telltale games had to really knock it out of the park with like the walking dead or the wolf among us obviously that company had its own problems but that style of storytelling because it like it it, it was a really well-told narrative it brought in more people than i think like i think a lot of people watch that and they're like that was a cute stunt and i'm never doing that again do you know what i mean yeah i mean i i thought it was like I don't know. I, yeah, I just feel like there could have been so much more done with it than what was actually done with it, you know? Like, um, it just felt like, I don't know, I feel like they missed an opportunity in a way, you know? Am yeah. I crazy for thinking that? I, but you know what? I do applaud them for trying something. I, I actually think that it's great that they're trying to do something else with their, like, network, I guess. Right. I mean, yes. I mean, it was... I mean, I will say it was a pretty clever experiment. I mean, I think that they – I mean, yeah, I think it was a clever experiment. Like I, I, think it, I think it was worthwhile and it was enjoyable and I actually had a lot of fun with it. But it doesn't hold up. Like it doesn't like – you kind of like the more you there, look at yeah. it, the, the, the worse it seems. You know, It's not like, it's not like two years from now you're going to be like, I got to watch Bandersnatch again. Right, exactly. 
And no. I've watched San Junipero like seven times. So. Uh, please, with San Junipero. I'm so sick of people talking about San Junipero. <laughs> okay. So, so moving so on. Speaking of video game developers and uh, weird experiments. Um, yes. This company in the UK, okay. slightly okay. mad, okay. Okay. announced that they're making their own video game. This guy, Ian Bell, who I guess works there, uh, decided to announce that they're making their own video game console. And this was reported on in earnest by every media outlet. Upon investigation, he's finding interested investors. Quote I'm unquote. sorry. The whole thing is insane. There are literally headlines. I tweeted about this the other day. There are literally headlines that are like, a new entrant in in the console wars just put it you know just stuck it to the man or whatever it's like yeah not uh, since sega (laughs) it's like it's like guys this is a i mean you know he's a developer he owns a a a sizable he runs a sizable company that makes real games they're driving so did steam they're all driving and that's exactly my fucking that's exactly what i thought it's like fucking steam uh, I'm sorry, Valve. The, you know the owners of fucking Steam could not make a console happen, and they have a massive footprint and a massive community. So, like the I idea, mean, a, a near monopoly. Yeah, like, the idea that the idea that this some random guy is like, we're going to do a console, it's going to blow the doors off of blah blah blah. It's like number one, if you ever make a console, it will be a for enthusiasts only. Only the most hardcore people care about the shit he's talking about. Two, which is fine, fair enough. But it's not going to compete. I with mean, the, the shit he's talking not, about to the people who care about that. It also doesn't make any sense. So it's not going to compete with the PS Five and the Xbox One Two or whatever the fuck they're going to call it. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely the like, One Two, <laughs> the Xbox X Two, whatever. Okay, but but also it's it's um, it's going to be a glorified PC, which they all are now, which is fine. Um, but you're, it's like most likely it's going to be a complete dud and or vaporware and or a thing that you sell a couple thousand of maybe if you're lucky and then you go out of business doing it like we've seen this game played a million fucking times and it never happens there is no incumbent there's no little like there's look it's just like how tesla is like yeah they've sold a lot of cars but they're not fucking ford and they're not going to be ford for a very if at if ever okay but at least tesla's like I mean, yes, they're, they are a new car company. They're selling cars, expensive cars to people with money. But like we're talking about mass market game consoles, okay? The people who can sell and produce and like actually like make communities happen around mass market game consoles are pretty well established and they're going to do what they do. And like, Apple Incorporated put Apple TV boxes in millions of homes and cannot get you to play cut the rope on it. I mean, it's just this like, it's just weird like, company is not going to even get those boxes in the home. You know, there's this space where it's like there's certain there's a certain space for you know people who want to game. There's a certain level of like I'm not a professional gamer, I'm not an enthusiast, but I love to play games and I will buy the $500 console that gives me the best gaming experience that gives me all access to all of the things I'm hearing about in scene and like in media. That's like your average, you know, you're kind of like average buyer of that. It's like, I mean, I'm not in that category because I'm a weird nerd, but I'm saying that like there are people, most of the gamers out there are like playing Call of Duty because they're kind of like regular, like they just want to play like a cool experience and they don't want to fucking think about the complications of a console. They just want to like play a game. And I think that like the idea that you're like, oh, the specs have been lagging. It's like, well, not to the people who love their PS4. Not the people and, who are playing Red Dead Redemption right now. The specs are not lagging if, if to that them. Was, if that was the case, 
they would be PC gamers. But more to the point, yes, more to the point. You can build, you can build a fucking sick or buy a fucking sick gaming box right now. It's called a PC. But beyond that, if you're an enthusiast, but beyond that, um, the idea that this is the guy and this is the company that's going to produce the thing that we're talking about is absurd to me. But what's more absurd and upsetting is the fact that the media covered it, of course, but people in the games press. And beyond, for, I mean, the, the articles like on variety. It's like exclusive. It's like a new competitor in the in this in this space or whatever. And it's like, fuck off. I mean, this is just garbage. I mean, this is why this is why Trump is, is why Trump is president. Okay, like you need to you need to interrogate and investigate the things you put on your fucking website before you put them on there. I get it. You want the clicks. I get you need the clicks. But I mean, that's what's but that's what's destroying the fucking world. Okay, your fucking said- desire for clicks is destroying the world. He said that there was going to be no exclusives to this console um, as a good thing. Like he was like, guess what? We won't pursue any exclusive. We think, you know, play where you want to play. If any journalist worth their salt was really writing a critical piece about this or like that they thought about for two seconds, exclusives aren't a way of like keeping your games off of other consoles. It For the most part, the exclusives that end up on PlayStation end up there because sony funded them existing at all and because they funded it they're like it should only be on our console because we paid for it but it's not like that game was going to get made no matter what exclusives exist so what this guy is essentially saying is like even if we did go forward with this we would never have the money to fund first party titles published like by us um other than the like couple racing games that they already make so like it's an admission that the, their business model doesn't make any sense and you don't understand this industry. And literally nobody wrote that story. Everybody's story was like, watch out, Xbox. Slightly mad is coming with the mad box. It's like, guys, Microsoft is not quaking in their boots over this. It's insane. I mean, it's completely outrageous. Um, and I just, you know, it's like, I, I, I just think we need some, we need people to act a little bit more responsible. I get it. Like, also, I get that. Um, I get that like you got to get the clicks and that, you know, maybe it's not that important to you and maybe the story doesn't seem that important. But like, I do think that like the little things matter from the little things to the big things, like it matters. But and- it does matter because there's investors out there that don't really know what they're doing and don't like have as critical an eye um, and who are going to read these pieces and be like, yeah, sure. No, I d- yes. a shitty product is just going to waste a bunch of people's money. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm less worried about the product. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm less worried about the product because it's you know if it happens, it's going to be exactly what was just described, which is like a a lot of nothing for most people. Um, I don't care if investors want. I mean, if there are investors who see hear this and are like, I'm going to put money into that, like have at it. Like the point is it's not a, it's not a, it's not a thing that competes in any way with the the next PlayStation or the next Xbox they just are not in the same space like and i think that's a it's important to note other worried investors uh include investors in apple apparently apple missed its oh yeah financial expectations and the whole world has now decided that cell phones are over because of this i mean look here the rea- there's a lot of there's a lot of factors i mean um, you know, Apple, you know, Tim Cook issued this note, basically, you know, um, cutting their, you know, forecasts, um, reducing their, their forecasts for, for, um, revenue, uh, and sales. And, uh, look, I, there's a valley here. I mean, people talk about like Kara Swisher wrote this thing. It's like, 
where's the next, what's the next big innovation? What's the next, you know, it's like, do you know how long radio existed before TV happened? Do you know how long the telephone existed before the, whatever the next thing was, which is just a de- different version. The cell phone is just a variation of the telephone. Like, like I, I think that the idea that there is going to be some, and I've talked about this for a long time. The idea that there is going to be this like wave after wave of unbelievable world changing innovation is fucking insane. That is not how things work. Okay. The iPhone is a television level invention. Okay. Like the smartphone is a television level invention and television level inventions don't just like show up, wow, everybody, and then disappear. What happens is like they evolve, they change, they occupy different spaces in our lives, but they persist. And like yeah, th- that's nobody's going to stop having a mobile touchscreen computer in yeah, their pocket we're in anytime the, soon. We're in the persisting state. Your, your fucking smart speaker is not going to replace your phone. A tablet is not going to replace your phone. A laptop is not going to replace your phone. A VR headset is not going to replace your phone. A fucking earpiece is not going to replace your phone. Uh, you know, it's a, like a, a, a special, robot dog is not going to come in and a, then you don't yeah, need to make phone a calls. A special anymore. pair of glasses. Like – I mean, maybe if they invent like a humanoid robot that's a hundred percent like an actual human, um, even that, then that, it's wildly inconvenient to yeah, be walking around I mean, I with your own humanoid for, robot. Maybe there'll be like a nano person who sits on your shoulder and gives you know, it's like whispers in your ear. Kazoo, <laughs> like Kazoo from the Flintstones. Yeah, but my point, <laughs> my 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 point is this: like, like Navi. Two things. One is like, hey, yeah, over the, here. The, <laughs> Please let me make my point. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stop dunking. No, uh, or whatever it is you're doing. Um, okay. The no. My point is, it's like, look, you know, it. It. it we're gonna have a little bit of just like we're living with these things now. They're just a. They're just a thing. And there's not. There are. We are not going. The Apple keynote, fucking hype should end. It needs to end. The idea that Samsung gets up every year and tries to do what Apple does, and that fucking. Uh, fucking Huawei and and Xiaomi and all these other fucking companies are like, we have a new variation on an Android phone. It's like insane. You know, it's yeah, insane. The idea like, that like hole punch displays in the new Samsung phone is like, is, is, is does this change the face of computing? <laughs> it's like, you just need to. Like, yeah, now it's just, a hole punch instead you, of a notch. Yeah, you just face need to. Changed. It's all incremental now. Okay, this is like exhaust on cars. You know, it's like mm-hmm. windshield wiper technology. It's like, it's like TVs. Inter- and, and you know what? It, it, HDTV was a change, but TVs have been TVs since they were black and white tubes. Intermittent, uh, intermittent, you know, sort of uh, wipers have been around forever. Now we have like slightly better ones, like slightly different ones. Like intermittent wipers existed, and now we have ones that like will will come on if like they sense rain. It's like that's really cool, but like that's where we're at. Okay. Yeah. Like, like we're not – it's not going to be like next month Elon Musk unveils the Neuralink and all of a sudden we're like jacking into computers, you yeah. know? Like anyhow, so I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed with two things. One is like first off, it's like Apple – look, I'm sorry. Apple like is fucking boring. Their products are fine. I think most of them are mediocre. Like their design is has definitely fucking fallen off. I think their, oh, in, like, their innovation in terms of mobile devices is non-existent right now. Their AirPods, that's their big innovation. Is I mean, headphones that I mean, I, I'll say this: like, like they were like uh, wireless earbuds, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's a good idea. Wireless earbuds are cool. Like, it but turns they're just out, earbuds. It turns out they're a variation on a technology. It turns out that we actually didn't need the cords, and the cords are kind of annoying. And like, that's great. But like, all I'm saying is this: 
you know, on, on the new iPhones, it's like there's nothing really special about them whatsoever. I think like uh, the things they have, the emojis or whatever, they're really cute. Zelda loves playing with them. They're really cool. Like they're almost enough to make me go back to an iPhone because they're just like fun to fuck around with, but they're not really good. I mean, they're not, it's not like an important Nobody's thing. using this daily. It's not And important. even if you are, it's not a, a sea change from voice notes and emojis. Yeah, at any rate. So it's like, I'm not like Apple has definitely slowed in terms of innovation. Now, here's the th- kinds of things that could happen that would be, um, you know, provocative. If Apple did release like a vehicle of some type, right? If they were like, we're doing a car that like, not a Tesla, because they can't do like, we're also doing a Tesla. That doesn't work for Apple. It would have to be something that's like, we're creating a vehicle that's like, you know, we're putting these in cities, like the city bike of cars. You'll be able to like pick one up wherever you want, like some weird innovative thing, but also the car is like this like wildly innovative electric vehicle or whatever. That could be a thing. If they really want to like upend the transportation industry, that could be something. If they had some big idea, that could be something that's really monumental, right? I don't think it's augmented reality. I don't think it's VR. I think if you have to put it on your face, it's not going to happen. That's my feeling for right now. Yeah, like for the, right now. I mean, if they invent a thing that looks like a pair of sunglasses and I'm completely fucking immersed in a VR world, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's a different story. But I also yeah. don't think that people want to be in a room where they're all wearing sunglasses completely like in, immersed. A, in, in another yeah. space. Like that's just a different kind of experience, you know? And so like you have to think of like what is it going to be that makes them really, you know, that the, is the next thing. And like there is no clear next thing for them. Yeah, it's not like, a voice they're assistant. Not, they're, it's There's not, a lot of pieces being like the real innovation is in voice assistants right now. It's like even that is not what – that's not the sea change you're looking so for. So look, I think that there's – anyhow, I was, what I was saying is like there's two things that are annoying. It's like it, one is we have to accept that Apple is not going to be the Apple that it has just led everything forever. Like it just – that just doesn't – I mean I, I tweeted about this and it was like remember when Apple couldn't stop selling iPhones and Facebook was like couldn't stop making money? And it's like these things – First off, everything ends, especially in technology, everything ends. Like the whole idea is it's going to be replaced with something better. Apple's entire existence is predicated on the idea that they will replace it with something better. So like Yeah, cannibalizing it, their own sales is literally it, their like it, the difference is innovation. the difference is now it like it in may business. not be Apple that replaces it. It may not be the next thing may not come from Apple. And like everybody just needs to fucking deal with the reality of that. And like I'll just say, I think there are a lot of people making better products than Apple right now. There just are a lot of people out there. I mean Amazon beat them to like this concept of like this ambient, like sort of AI speaker assistant, just beat them so hard on it. Like that should have been the domain, a domain that Apple was in. It should have been. Google's beating them on it, you know? And like partially it's because of the data, partially it's because of the internet, partially it's because of privacy shit. You know, they are getting stuff that Apple doesn't get, but also it's like they just weren't looking in that direction. Yeah. You know? Which they released a speaker. They released businesses. a fucking speaker that plays only Apple music for three hundred and fifty dollars. It's like get the fuck out of my face. Uh, somebody, somebody I work with was like, "Why is iTunes so bad?" And I was like, "I literally cannot remember the last time I opened iTunes. Like, I cannot remember, and I won't probably open it ever again." Yeah, you know, like that's a real blind spot for them. You know, now they're like, "Oh, we have Apple Music." It's like Apple Music's bad. They have like yeah, we have Apple the interface of Apple like, music have, is unreal. Like, we have Apple News. It's like you want to get in the news space, like have at it. Like good, good luck with that. You think that's yeah. a money? I think it's a money making business. Like I <laughs> encourage you to give it a shot. I think it's gonna be really great for you. You know, anyhow. But like so, then that's like annoyance number one is like Apple is the greatest. How could they ever fail? But then annoyance number two is like 
um, all these people who are like the next innovation. It's gonna where is it gonna come from? What's it gonna? It's like guess what, motherfucker? We're in TV zone. We're in the TV zone. Okay, you got the innovation. It happened over the last decade. It's crazy. It's insane what these devices allow us to do and how much they're continuing to evolve. But it is not going to be like there's a new thing like the phone that changes everything. Okay, and, literally. And if anything, remember, do you remember if, the commercial? The commercial for the original iPhone was everybody picking up the phone. Yeah, these old movies, like everybody saying like "hello" or whatever. It's like it's kind of like that. It's like there was the phone, and now there's this new thing you put in your pocket. And like the next thing is going to probably take about as long between those two technologies. And the thing is, too, it's like the phone that they put out, the explanation I have for this like missed earnings call is both that everybody has phones and phones are fine and you don't really need we're getting to a place where you don't need to replace them as often because the innovations, even just from like a processing power standpoint, are not really going to be coming as quickly. But also... They put out a phone that was way more expensive in markets, especially outside of the U.S., especially where people are not willing to pay those prices because comparable products are cheaper. And also their phone was not that different. It had a slightly better camera and it was a slightly faster, but completely immaterially, like marketing wise, like it's not these aren't factors that like, this isn't why my mom would buy a phone. I'm a tech obsessive. This isn't why I buy a phone is for a slightly better camera. I'm not spending a thousand dollars on a slightly better camera. I'll just get like a DSLR. If I, if that was what I was pursuing. Um, right. And, and let, let me, let me just be clear. But, like, but just because they put out a Wii U doesn't mean that next year, they're not going to be motivated to try to crush it and pack more in for a cheaper price and then try to get those sales back to where they were. Like they're they're th- This is like, it's such a non-story to me like oh yeah apple got lazy this year yeah we know we know hopefully next year they'll get rid of the notch or they'll do a bunch of other stuff and then people will feel the impetus to go buy their phone this is obviously an off year but the idea that this has like earth-shattering implications for like the future of voice assisted technology like no 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 nobody's replacing the, having a phone with right. a speaker from right. amazon that orders fucking diapers that's not <laughs> but also but also it's like um I'm not saying, and I'm not, I think it should be clear. Like we're not, no one is saying that, and no one should be saying that like, innovation isn't happening. It's just like, it's just a much more incremental it's kind iterative. of innovation. It's iterative innovation. And that's fine. Like that's how it should be. Um, it can't be like nuclear bombs every year. It can't be, and it's not going to be. And so like, I think people need to kind of like accept that there's a different, we're in a different time. You know, we're in a different period and it's like – and that's okay. Uh, but everybody needs to chill the fuck out. Also, listen, we're probably about to go into some kind of insane recession and you're not going to probably have as much money as you had before to spend on a new phone. So this is actually kind of a good thing. You know? I mean the iPhone <laughs> launched in 2007 and it was a must-have product and then we went through an economic recovery and like sort of a nice grace period to the end of the Obama years while it was still a must-have product and like – it it's now not a must have product and we're about to not have the money that we've had for the entire life cycle of that product and it also we already have them so like of course all these factors mean less sales like that's not i don't understand why this is like an existential crisis for the future of like design like yeah, I, I get it not, apple design's gotten lazy if anything, but this isn't changing if, if anything let somebody else let somebody else design some shit I'm so tired of Apple's design. I'm so tired of people following. Well, we've their said design. this multiple times. Like the pendulum, where we all have to have white, like gla- glass slates, is now swinging in the other direction, where everybody has it. So it's not 
it's not like special or like it's not like a benchmark that we're all trying to reach design wise. It's not like, oh, we all want to have minimalist homes now. So we're going to chase that. Now everybody has a minimalist home. So the pendulum swings in the other direction where you're like, I want this to be personal to me. I want it to be take chances and be exciting. And just from a visual perspective, like try new materials, try things that like fit in different niches, like customizability, all of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's yeah. I don't know. All right. Anyhow, I mean, it's. The whole thing is, there's, we've, beaten, there's, there's, we've, we've beaten the topic. I think we, I think I'd like to think we have. It's just like there's so much weird group think about this stuff that is just you can't. People do not process independently, which is insane. Um. All right. You, should we talk about? Can we talk about uh, Louis C.K. and Kevin Spacey? Oh, sure. I, I kind of was late. To. I kind of was late to this. So, so two things happen. One is Kevin Spacey made a video like on Christmas Day or something. This is it was Christmas Eve night. Okay, I I like I I sort of like got came to this like a few days later because you know I was relaxing and not looking at the internet. You were so, you were you were anticipating the birth of your Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, I was waiting for Jesus to return and <laughs> take us all to heaven, um, or whatever is supposed to happen on Christmas. But <laughs> you but, know, uh, Zenu, we all go clear. Yeah. But uh, but um, you know, I don't know. Kevin Spacey made a video where he's like in his kitchen. I guess his kitchen cooking or he's washing, in a kitchen. He's some, in a kitchen, kitchen, like washing dishes or cooking or something. I don't know. But um, he he's like in the character of uh Frank, what's his name? Underwood. Frank Underwood from from uh House of Cards. But he's not Frank Underwood. He's like Kevin. <laughs> he's just being As Kevin. Frank Underwood. Yeah, I don't know. And he's like making an argument for why like he's a bad guy, but like you know you like him. Yeah, he's like he's like he's like you loved everything I did. It didn't matter to you because you loved Mister Frank or whatever. Yeah, like, the yeah. way he like talks. He was like he was like he's like he there's a like, story in the peach pits of Georgia that everybody loved the worst man among them. He's like you, you loved. He's me. like you knew I was bad, but you loved it anyway. It's like yeah, your character on a TV show. We thought that was great. Not you yeah. like trying to like bang kids. That is less great. <laughs> That's a lot less great. Not you like using you being gay as an excuse for trying it, to bang kids. Like that's a lot be less like great. If, it would be like if like like I'm I show up to you in character as Buffalo Bill. I'm the actor who played Buffalo Bill, and I show up in character as Buffalo Bill after it came out that I like killed a bunch of women and made a coat out of them. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. but you loved it. You loved it when like, I was a bad guy. You, no, it'd be like <laughs> if the actor who played Buffalo Bill did <laughs> Buffalo Bill style killings. In real life. And then, and then he was like, you love my Buffalo Bill. And it's like, no, we liked <laughs> Buffalo Bill from the fictional film. Put the lotion on your skin, dear YouTube viewer. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yes, Buffalo Bill's a very entertaining character when there are no stakes except my enjoyment. Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> Of, it's of, very, of the it's chase. a very weird message. Yeah, anyhow, that's fucking insane. But then Louis C.K. went and did a set somewhere in, in like upstate New York or something, Buffalo, or it's like, first off, I don't know. Okay, you could do enough. <laughs> he did a, some set where he's like uh, making fun of the Parkland kids, like making jokes about the Parkland survivors, and then making jokes about like black guys and Asian guys, and like and doing queer like- people. What's that? And he made jokes about queer people being like, "Oh, yeah. you want to pick your pronoun?" Ooh. So, oh, so he talked about them they pronoun. Okay, so whatever. Okay, he had all a bunch of dumb jokes that are stupid like fucking uh, who's the comedian who's let's Dane start, Cur- Yeah, let's it's start like, at the at the beginning where it, the jokes aren't even funny. Like we don't even need to get into the identity like Dane stuff Cur- and like yeah, it's, they just weren't good jokes. Dane Cur- level bad like jokes like Asian guys are good at math or something like that. Like literally um, 
but it's like, okay, so anyhow, so everybody's like, this is fucking lame. And like, this is Louis C.K. has become like, he's a intellectual dark web level, you know, he's basically one of these guys who's like, you're saying that I was racist made me racist. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm, that shouldn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, if people are like, Louis, you're a bad guy and you should reflect on that, it shouldn't be like, you know what? I am a bad guy now because you said that about me. It should be more like, I've reflected on it and here's some of the things I've realized. And like, I think the thing that so it's like obviously that didn't happen. Nobody's telling Louis what to do in terms of comedy. He can do whatever he thinks is funny. I think everybody's like, one, the shit's not funny. And two, it's like you uh have gone in the opposite direction of like where you said you were going to go when people were like, hey, you shouldn't be masturbating in front of women like randomly. Also the opposite direction of what any of his work has ever been. Well, this is I think this is the most important part and the thing that resonates most with me, which is like, I think deep down. I think Louis was always like very woke, you know, and he kind of got away with shit because he was like being woke, right? Like he'd say something horrible and then he'd talk about why it was horrible. You know, like I remember he did, I think one of the bits he did when he hosted Saturday Night Live was like about like women, how women are like in fear all the time because men are horrible and like, you know, trying to attack them or whatever. Like, and, and, and it's like, yeah, like that's a very woke like way to think about it. And he said some stuff that was like pretty upsetting, but then you're like, oh, he's making jokes about it because it is like fucking insane. But now it's like deep down kind of what you've always thought, which like sort of exposed itself when this, the story, when his story came out to begin with, is like he kind of is a shitty guy. And like all that stuff, all the woke stuff is him kind of playing a character of being like a not shitty guy when what he really wants to say is like, fuck women, we should rape them or whatever he's saying in his new act, you know? Yeah. Well, it was like, oh, you got to all this introspection because you couldn't uh, because there was a way you wanted to treat your daughters that you wouldn't treat other women. So now that you made comedy out of it, but you haven't processed it to the point to be like, oh, I'm a shitty person. I'm sorry. The daughter, the daughter stuff is the worst kind of like fake fucking feminism or whatever. Yeah, it's like, not feminism. I, as, a, it's as, misogyny. A, as, a, as a guy, misogyny and whatever, like faux feminism, whatever, you know, like the, 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 I mean, yeah, it's, it's she's somebody's daughter. Let me no, tell you, let me tell you something. That sentence like, that she's somebody. The worst kind of like being a good guy is when you're like a good guy for some specific personal reason, not a good guy because like that's the right thing to do. Like, yeah, you're and a I say good this guy as, because it, because it could impact you if you weren't. You should have been, dis- you should be disgusted by how women are treated, whether or not you have a daughter. Like, if you needed, a, if you need a daughter to show you how bad it is. Now, I will say this. As a man with a daughter, I have seen things in society through her eyes, through her perspective. I've seen things in her upbringing, in the people around her, in like the, the friends she has at school, in like the, the parents of the friends, in like what is kind of like broadcast to children. I have seen things that I would not have noticed otherwise because like I'm a man, a white man who grew up in like 1980s America and like I didn't have access to those things. But like I have added perspective but it has not changed my opinion on how women should be treated. I'm not like, wow, I well, I thought women were treated great. And now I realize they're actually treated really badly in society. It's like just reinforce that stuff. So like it's fine if you get new insight. But if it's like it took you to like have a daughter to like think about women, like there's something fundamentally flawed with you to begin with. And also, and I think this is the thing that's most but fucking But the way annoying. that he positioned that in his act was always like, wouldn't it be ridiculous if I was that guy? Do you know what I mean? And right. like, oh, it ends up you are. The other thing is that like the other thing is that like it's the phoniness of the whole thing. To me that's the yeah. most upsetting part is that I it's like not only has Louis CK has his new material is it bad and not only is it like a, it anti what he sort of suggested he would be doing following this like controversy because I think actually if there is anybody 
I will say this, of all of the people who've been involved in this Me Too shit, and there's been quite a few, I think Louis actually, Louis C.K. actually stood out as a man who had an opportunity to come back from it in a way that was like pretty interesting. Productive and and interesting and like that people could accept. Like I think given his past sort of like stances, given the, the, the particular act, which is like definitely something that is like someone who's like kind of sick does and definitely not like it's not like a violent crime. It's not like a rape. You know, it's like something that's bad, but it wasn't like he beat women or, that we know of or raped them. It's that like he put them in really uncomfortable, fucked up, weird sexual situations. He sexually they, assaulted people. He There was no like element of violence to it. And right. It he wasn't like, like the result it, of mental illness. It, it's not definitely, saying that. I'm not excusing. I'm not correct. excusing the behavior. I'm only saying no. that that there's no. enough of uh, there's enough in there that you're kind of like, well, this is a really particular weird case. He clearly has problems. And those are problems that you can overcome. Like those are problems that you can deal with. Like it's not like you're a rapist. Like if you're a rapist, like yes, you could be uh, – you can go to like therapy and become like not a rapist. But if you've done rapes, like you're not – it's not like – like you, you've done rapes. Like that's it. Like that's happened, okay? Like it's not like you erase the behavior, but this is behavior that you could come back from in my opinion. I think it is possible. And I think Louis had an interesting opportunity – I mean, in a way, the the way that he comes back from it is not like, you know, and come back from it not meaning that his victims ever have to forgive him or anything like that. But what I mean is he could have come back from it in a way that he went through a personal journey that he could then advise other men to either prevent this kind of behavior or to help rehabilitate people who are – clearly don't are, are on some spectrum of like sociopathy or like yeah, bad yeah. behavior and or even like or, or even just like find a way to channel your like figuring out what you did wrong and why and what was wrong with you and the situations into something that he does which is like comedy like yeah. there is a way to take his understanding of the I mean I imagine and I'm kind of bummed because we won't ever see it in a way like it would be really interesting for somebody who's smart and really funny to really look at this and look at themselves and say, like, boy, I really fucked up here and I did some really wrong things. And like, and like I have figured out some things about myself and about like other people that I want to share. And he could do it in a way, I believe there's a way to do it that's like really funny and interesting and introspective. And like there is a moment. Well, that's where- and and again, this is the this is the Sarah Silverman thing where like she fucked up a bunch of times. She made a lot of racist jokes, and she has worked. And I, the people she made those jokes about never have to forgive her. But she has worked really hard to engage in a conversation with like especially the white community to say like what I did is super fucked up. Here's why. Here's a funny like here's an hour long special about it, how it was shitty. Here's a new television show where people explained to me why it was shitty and how I could be different going forward. Like that. That is a substantive conversation that I'm like happy happened. Yeah. I just – I'm just saying like he could do the work in private and then share uh, with us his – his the results of the work. I don't care how, it's man- how it manifests except to say that there's a version of this where it could have manifested. Like there could have been something positive that he delivered out of this like and actually saved his, his own ass like and actually like, gotten back into some type of career. I think I believe that. I don't I don't think he was so completely I don't believe he was so completely untouchable that there wasn't a way to come back from it. Like I, I mean I, and also, I mean and this is the same thing with the Kevin Hart thing. If you genuinely feel bad about the what, what you did and the amount of money you've made in the meantime, um 
without people knowing and having like sort of pulled the wool over people's eyes about who you are to make money. Um, you could take a hundred thousand dollars, which is meaningless to both of those people because they're so rich. I, the, the level, a lot of people in entertainment aren't at quite as rich as we imagine. Those two people are, they could have taken a hundred thousand dollars and started a charity to help educate people or, you know, given it to people who like the, like Kevin Hart could go give money to the Trevor project, which, uh, uh, prevents LGBTQ youth from committing suicide based on bullying. Uh, Louis C.K. could have given a ton of money to, like, and and publicly said, like, this is my an act of tradition. Here's two million dollars, and I'm going to meet with you several times because I would like to become educated and and I would like to be useful in some capacity to the people that I've hurt. Um, and those people don't have to use him, but to even offer would mean a lot. Neither of them have done that. They've made a lot of moves to like get back to making money quickly. I I just it just seems I mean it seems so like how can you be this stupid? Like I get being angry. I do understand the feeling of 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 like you're being attacked and you feel like maybe wrongfully maybe in a, in a way that is over the top. And by the way, I I will say this. And I'm not defending him at all. I do think that Louis CK probably has experience and uh uh an, an inordinate amount of attacks over what he did. Like it's normal if like in a personal situation, if you do something wrong, let's say between these people, like let's say he's not a famous person, he's just a regular person. And you're in a situation where you've done something really fucked up. Like there's an expected amount of like within your small circle that you're going to get shit. Like you're going to get, but are they attacks or are, or is it, I think consumer based, I think rightfully some, being I think, allowed to voice their opinion of what happened. Repeatedly. I think there's, I think there's some, Oh, come on. I mean, I think there's some. Element. I don't like the word attack. Okay. Frankly, okay. like, but don't you think, do you not? I'm not think, attacking Kevin but Hart at some when point, I say I don't like what he said. I get that. That's but don't you attack. think at some point after you've, after there's been a, after it's like very clearly and universally stated that Louis C.K. fucked up, you don't think that there are any people who went beyond what was necessary? You don't think there's a sure. single person on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram or to his fucking agents? I don't think or people whatever. have gone after him I'm in not, the way that they go after Iggy Azalea for something that's even lower stakes. All I don't I'm think saying is, telling, I, I'm saying just going know. back to our dunk culture conversation, I do think that yeah. when somebody fucks up and he fucked up big time, but when somebody fucks up, there's no quarter for them anymore. So, like, I do think that it's probably been pretty fucking i'm not saying that we should feel a lot of sympathy for louis ck he made his bed but, but like but there is but a i do have general, I mean, he can, he I do tour, general he's still touring he's still doing his show i'm just saying i get that what i'm i'm not again i'm not saying that he doesn't deserve to be like there doesn't deserve to be some pile on but like i would guess that he's experienced something that is so out like in terms of proportion, so unknown, so previously unknown to almost anybody in existence. Sure. Yes. Okay. I see that. Yeah. Uh, do you know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it is like, it is like the uh, amount of the frequency of the, the space uh, with which it is possible to like needle somebody now is so massive. And when you think about a character like Louis CK, who's so big, so well-known and all of the avenues that people have for it. So I can imagine, and I'm yeah. again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong at this point. I, I do think that I do think people need to – I think generally we all need to chill the fuck out and stop trying to dunk on everybody. I think that's – I just will say that. I'm not saying like we should give you know quarter to rapists or sexual assault people or fucking Me Too dudes. But I'm saying that we are all living in a kind of like heightened state of like piling on and I think it's bad for society. And I will yeah. say that I do think like there should be a point where you go, okay, like we've let you know how we feel about this. And then it's like I think it's we can stop. We could say like – 
you now have the information you need to fucking do something. So do something, right? Like there is a point with Louis C.K. where I think he got the message, wouldn't you say? Sure. Like I would say there how how long I guess what I'm saying is like if Louis if Louis C.K. fucked up and the world let him know how they feel about it for like a year. At what point is it okay to say like I think he knows now? I th- I but I Is it ever okay? The point at which to be like, I think he knows now is when he has started those acts of contrition and his return to public life is a way in which he is engaging with what happened and trying to be of use to the people that he hurt. Then you say, okay, but he's trying. We don't have to constantly rag on him. But But when he comes back without any of that, we bring it all back up again because we want to tell him, you don't get to do this yet. No, the new wave is 100% warranted. I'm doing it right now. I'm like, this is fucking lame. Like, and not that Louis C.K. cares what I say, but like, I agree. The new wave is totally warranted. What I'm saying is I can imagine a situation where the guy's like, Jesus, they've been piling on me for two years or a year, however long it's been. It's been like a year or something. I don't even know if it's been a whole year. And I can can imagine him going like, what the fuck? Like, when is this going to end? And I can imagine a reaction to it, which is like, fuck these people, right? I can totally understand that. I I think we've all felt at some point in our lives when we have made a mistake. And we were like, because of the reaction of people that we decided to double down on the mistake, right? Like, have you ever been in a situation where you're like, I know I fucked up, but I'm so pissed about the way people are reacting to me about it. But part of becoming an adult was, I think, me letting that go and and being (laughs) able to like be wise enough to let that part of myself go. No, listen, of course, if you feel that like, if you feel that the other people have a point and like you're just too proud or too angry to accept it. Like part of being an adult is going like, okay, I need to accept it and I need to like eat crow. I just need to be like, yes, like you're right. I'm going to take this because I deserve it and you need to like find a way to move past it, like you yeah. personally. the What I'm saying is – so I can understand the feeling. What I can't understand is him being – because I think – I don't – I thought Louis C.K. was like a pretty smart guy like and a guy who definitely has access to things like if he needs like a therapist – or, yeah, he's got resources. Like he has, yeah, he definitely has access to like the things you would need to like figure out like how to think about these things. And also, there's definitely people around him who are not going to just straight up abandon him. I mean, not not people who not the you know, there are people who have made a lot of money off of him who are not going to abandon him. Okay, mm-hmm. and somebody, somebody somewhere, or Louis C.K. himself, you think would have been like. I have to figure out the the way out of this, the right way out of this that is that is like one, I have to figure out what the fuck I was doing and why I was doing it. And the second piece has got to be like, it's not doubling down on this, whoever that person is, is not the fucking strategy. And it's insane to me that like the strategy, his strategy seems to be doubling down on that guy. You know, like mm-hmm. how is it possible you're doubling down on the attacker? Like I, I mean, the only thing I can imagine is like he's just not that fucking smart. I guess, yeah, maybe not that smart. I also think it is a level of like ego and entitlement, uh, to use my least favorite word, of um, someone whose career was constantly being told he was like a genius and uh, under deserve and like underappreciated, and then eventually was appreciated for a couple of years. Now to go back to feeling like, but I'm still that all these I have all this talent and you won't let me use it. I do think there's an element of that that I, I don't know. Fuck, fuck Louis C.K. at this point is ultimately where I I mean, it's – yeah. I mean, it's the sad thing is like it's, it is fuck Louis C.K. Um, and yet like it didn't have to be like this. That's the thing that kind of bums me out. It's like is – because I think what we need to establish and what people have talked about and written about is like there are cases here 
where people fuck up and and can be redeemed. Like I want there to be cases where people fuck up and can be of redeemed. Course. Like I want him to be better. Like I want him to be a better guy for this. Like figure out what you did wrong. Figure out what's wrong with you. I mean, it's just better for everybody if we can allow people to be redeemed. Like the, have, my like, my ideally, of- I, I mean, we're talking about this about Nazis, right? It's like ideally, no one ever becomes a Nazi. But if you do become a Nazi, what I really hope for you is not that you die. What I really hope for or, you is that, and I don't even hope that 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 the people who you hurt forgive you, and we have a kumbaya scenario on the other end of the spectrum. What I really hope is like what you're, I I think about to go into which is that like rehabilitation like yeah that you, I look, be that you understand uh, what i hope for anybody who is a fucking white supremacist right now is not that you die okay i'll just say that what i want you to do is realize how fucking wrong you are what yeah. i want you to do is realize like, work how much damage how much damage you're doing to yeah. society by thinking the way you think and how wrong it is and how bad it is that you think that way and then i want you to like try to help fix it like yeah. that's what i really want for anybody who you know, is is in some way like has a broken way of thinking. We should always have an angel scenario where the vampire then becomes a hero who saves people from vampires. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched a lot of Buffy, so I think it's a Buffy reference. But like all I'm saying is, yes, I, I want – what I would like is for people to be um, – if not redeemed by the people who they've hurt, you know, not redemption from the people they've hurt, but at least some kind of redemption for like themselves. Like I would like them to find – you know, something that is a, that can be a positive outcome from a very negative thing. And like, it's a huge bummer. I think Louis C.K. is a kind of microcosm of so many of these situations where it's like, your, your opportunity here is like to go, I made a mistake. I learned a lot here. I can be better. And here's like what I'm going to do to be better. Like, and actually have some kind of positive like impact, at least in your life, if not like beyond your own life. It's just a fucking bummer. Like, you know, I was never that big of a fan of Louis C.K. for the record. Like, I don't think his comedy is that great. I think he's done some really funny stuff. I think he's done some stuff that's kind of dumb. Um, but it's like he could have done this very differently and we could have had been having a very different conversation right now. And I think it's well, it's sad for everybody, but especially him. Well, um, before he, we pivot that he into, couldn't. into me having full uh, – uh, hour-long discussions about Angel versus Spike um, and <laughs> redemption as a concept uh, yeah. based on a conversation from a television show in the 90s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's talk about... Um, okay. Did you see the China landing on the dark side of the moon stuff? I haven't seen anything about this. I heard about... I saw an article and I was like... I saw a headline. It was like, why the dark side of the moon matters. And I was like, are they really talking about Pink Floyd? Right? <laughs> are we really still talking about Pink Floyd? No, tell me what happened. I love being totally not informed about things. So China realized that if you play Dark Side of the Moon backwards and you sync it up with the Wizard of Oz... I'm just kidding. Wait a second. (laughs) What? Um, No. uh, China landed on the Dark Side of the Moon with a, like, lunar lander. This is so Um, dope. So good. They're going to take... They're going to just be like, we're taking the moon. Yes. And, well, that's the thing. The conversation around it is both we're taking the moon and also, like, what's wrong with America? I thought we were the space country. Like, this whole, like, uh, yeah. has a point but also so reductive conversation about, like, inner space stuff. Um, and in any event, the China's, like, uh, done a full space push, which is really interesting for a country that also has an enormous manufacturing footprint because from like a science engineering perspective, we are being outpaced. I, and it, it is a thing where like we should, Oh, they're going to, they're going to blow the door. I mean, they're like, it's like Russia, you know, it's like, 
they have all of the reasons and all of the resources to do it, and they're going to fucking do it. We're so, this country's in such. I mean, China. I mean, listen, it's it's a communist country. They can just be like, we're going to do this, and we're going to force all the businesses here to work towards it, and all the innovators to do it, and like that's just going to fucking happen. I know. We used to do stuff like that. Well, we. I mean, in many ways, America used to be more like. It used to be less like a democracy. We yeah. had a lot. There was a lot more like. Look, I mean, the Republicans started this thing of of small government and government government funded agencies are bad and blah blah blah. That's why they want to like dismantle the EPA and dismantle the FDA. Well, and, it like feels dismantle the more like service. the bad sp- parts of democracy, which is that like people the people with the worst opinions have the most power, even if they're the smallest percentage. And it used to be that even though if if we widespread thought science was good, that would be translated into from our government. I think people still widespread think science is good. We're just not able to turn that into actual action anymore on behalf of the government. Well, it's just we have a government that's totally dysfunctional and broken, run by people who hate the government, which is a real problem for the government. You know, like like the government is there for a reason and you're supposed to use it and it's supposed to do things. And we're like, let's dismantle it and go back to like farmsteading or whatever. It's like, yeah, that. Well, there's Whatever. a xenophobic way to have that productive conversation where you're like, we need to get better so that we beat these people who I don't like because of like xenophobic, nationalistic, jingoistic reasons. I think the other way to have this conversation is to say like, look comparatively what humanity is still able to do. Why are we not achieving that over here and adding to like the group, the the planet wide progression of science and stuff like that? I think we need to look at that and be like, what are we, how are we failing that we can't do what they're doing? Um, but I do think it ends up becoming like a thing where people are like, oh, they got to the moon. So like, you know, like they win and we lose. Like, I do think there's like a, like we all won when we went to the moon originally. I think we Mm -hmm. all win every time we make these, um, progressions. And I would like us to be able to like reflect, at least in the press, reflect, reflect like that side of, I don't know. I mean, I just think it's like. It, it, we need to we need to live in a country where we, people appreciate science and uh, technology and art, and the government wants to fund projects that are um, fund and help lead projects that are more than just about lining the pockets of the people who run the country. And um, unfortunately, we have a we have a country that's more interested in uh, making sure the NRA is protected than making sure kids are protected and, uh, making sure that the health, the health, uh, that insurance companies make more money versus having people, you know, have, uh, insurance, right. You know, like th- this country is like where we have all of the wrong, we're positioned in all of the wrong ways right now for like innovation forward, and exploration yeah. and moving forward. Like everything about what we do is about moving backwards right now. And um, yeah, it's fucking sad. It's very depressing. But you know, good on China. You know, congratulations. It's just a funny little like weird. Um, it, it is kind of funny that the people who want to quote unquote make America great again want to roll back the the gains that were made. Uh, okay, so like we were moving forward at one point, and we want to get back to moving forward. And their way of getting back to moving forward is to undo all the going forward that has happened. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, remember when we were going so fast down the highway? Let's go back to where we were originally while we were driving to our like original where we launched yeah. from, and I then mean, we'll be going fast again. It's no, all no, no, bullshit. No. We just I mean, need we to move a, fast from where we are. I mean, the whole thing is bullshit. We have a government shutdown right now because Donald Trump is asking for us, for taxpayers, 
for the human beings who live in America and pay taxes to pay for a fucking fake ass bullshit wall, a wall that will keep illegal immigrants out of our country, which it will not do, um, but also uh, is a child's fantasy about it's, a sim- it's just a symbol of racism. It's a like, child's just fantasy a about giant- about about border protection, and also, uh, we he literally is like shut. He like our government is not functioning right now because he wants your money for it, um, and it is hardly the biggest problem in America right now. Like immigration is not the biggest problem in America. The biggest problem in America is that in college, Alexandra Ocasio Cortez danced on a roof. Oh my god, this is true. <laughs> She did a funny meme video, which makes her seem very uh, adorable lovable, and attractive. adorable and lovable. And and now the Republicans are very upset about it. No, and I love that it. is the biggest problem that America faces. Then no, I like the new crop of Democrats. Like they're mad about her dancing video when she was like sixteen or eighteen or something, which is like fuck you. Like, f- just seriously, fuck you. I, I mean, picture a more wholesome dancing meme video in my. I know like, it's I, like. It was, like, you it was think just she's her like, like dancing like, in sunshine like, like well. You, you would think it's like she's a cam girl. It's like, no, she's literally dancing in the goofiest, most generic, most like. She's like raising the roof to be silly among her friends yeah. like in so sunshine. Look, to, all, to, any, to any and all right-wing people who are like even talking. I, I don't know why we've been talking about the vi- a video of her dancing. Fuck you. You're so fucking lame and stupid. That's the first thing. Second thing is I like that. Who's the other um, newly sworn in uh, uh, uh member of uh, uh, Rashida Tlaib. Tlaib? I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Rashida Tlaib, I'm guessing. Anyhow, she said we're going to impeach the motherfucker. It's like, listen, I'm sorry. uh, If you're not thinking about impeachment, if you don't want to talk about it, if you don't want to act like like there's some seriously fucked up shit going on, forget about the Russia stuff. Forget about the Mueller investigation. There are other things that he could be impeached for. Like, there yeah. are lots of problems is with Donald Trump. Is bringing up that, impeachment the thing they're mad about or using yeah. the word motherfucker? I think because they're mad about guess both. What, but they're guess what? Both. Also, Democrats, that's how people talk. And that's how but you also, have to talk. But also, that's, that's, how how Donald, that's how fucking Donald Trump talks. I know. And like, it's like, you know what? It's maybe time to stop acting like little babies who are scared of their shadow and time to start fucking. I'm not saying you go down to his level, but you can be real. Like, you can just get real with people. All right. Well, let's move on to nice things. We got extremely real. I'm ready. Um, it was, it's, this is what, ha- what happens when you stop. We got as play real as J-Lo. And start getting real. <laughs> it's very exciting stuff. All right. Uh, do okay. you, do, let's do some nice things. Okay. I've got three nice things because I'm an overachiever. Oh, God, you're always so many nice. You make me seem so, like, lacking in <laughs> nice things. It's annoying. Um, first off is the Castlevania Netflix series, um, which I, I haven't put seen on... It. I was a little baked, and I was like, let's give this a shot, because I love the Castlevania games, but, you know, any ad- adaptation of a video game thing is bad. No matter how many times people tell me it's good, it's bad. This is good! I really, 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 really loved the Castlevania Netflix series. The it's second good. season came out in October, and it's confirmed for a third, and I really liked it. Um, I am vaguely interested in it. Um, I love Castlevania. I don't know how I'd feel about the show. It's it's definitely good. Like I sat there and was like, this is well. I, I, it pulls from all different parts of the lore from like multiple games, and it synthesizes it into what feels like a cohesive like 
it feels like this was intentionally the story and they weren't piecing things together from other plots, which is always like the problem with video game stuff is that they just pull a bunch of references and then they don't actually care about how the char- like how the character dynamics work or any sort of like message. Um, but I really, really loved it. It's lovingly made. The art style is gorgeous. Um, American anime is sort of a weird thing that like, I, I don't know. It's kind of fascinating. Um, and I, I loved the writing and I don't know. I really, I had a good time with it and it took me back to wanting to play Castlevania games. And I'm really sad that Konami sucks so much. Well, I mean, I, you tweeted about this, but you were like, bring the Castlevania collection to the switch. And I have to say like, I just want a full sweet compilation. What I want a hundred dollars for it. I don't care. Here's what I want. I want the PC engine version of Dracula X. I want a version Rondo of, of Blood. You want Rondo of Blood. You want Symphony of the Night, and just give like, me some good. Give me some of the great later, later stage sixteen bit Castlevania experiences. Yeah, that's all I'm looking for. Yeah. Um. All right. What are your other nice things? My other nice things are. Um. I saw Into the Spider Verse, which is as good, if not better, than we hyped it up to be. It so was it, incredible. It was really good. I read this New Yorker review where I was like, "Wow, they really like um gave it some shit." And I was like, I tweeted it and people were like, this review's bullshit or whatever. And I'm sure it is. I mean, I don't care about the reviews. The movie looks amazing. It was incredible. I loved it. I had a wonderful time. The frame rate is like 12 frames per second, which uh, is so gorgeous and amazing. And it's such a great indictment of Peter Jackson's entire like soap opera effect culture. Yeah. it look, I, I like, I think. Which, it's yeah, amazing, there was a piece about on the outline. Yeah. I think it's an amazing looking um art style uh, yeah i think it's a really awesome looking art style like i just loved it and john went in i had to like bring him kicking and screaming he is not a superhero person but even more than that he's not like a let's go to the movies for a superhero movie event type of person and he walked out being like that was delightful i'm so glad we went it was my idea originally <laughs> mm. and i was like you know it's rare when you see um something that obviously is made because superheroes are on trend right now, but that was made so thoughtfully and in such a loving, like sort of like the Lego movie, they took this licensed thing and then they really lovingly made something out of it. And there's only been a handful of things that I really got that feeling from like the Lego movie or the Batman Arkham games. Like the people who made this really love Spider-Man and like the message behind him as a figure. And it was just, I don't know. I loved it. Did you Hmm. see it? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you got to see it. No, I got to okay. see it. I have, yeah, I only have so much time. I did see, as you know, I saw Mary Poppins Returns. <laughs> and, I mean, you had to see that multiple times. So. Fucking great. Um, all of my things this week are TV or movies, but my last one is um, Marie Kondo has a new show called Tidying Up on Netflix. Um, and that, in combination with another Netflix show called Instant Hotel from Australia, has it, it, it became its own subgenre of reality TV for me. And I, devoured both of those in truly record time um this show marie kondo uh the marie kondo show is marie kondo the japanese guru of cleaning uh shows up to your house and she does like a pseudo spiritual uh like awakening for you about Mm -hmm. cleaning your house um as a premise for a show it is a little repetitive and it's not like thrilling but what i love about it is even though it it aspires to have great British bake-off level, like twee cute. We're all friends. Reality TV where like everything is pleasant and we're just like cleaning our shirts, but it's fascinating because of the aesthetic or whatever. Um, It is filled with very weird character studies about what cleaning means to these people Mm. and the ways that couples interact in their own spaces and the sort of um, 
the way that we live both amongst a bunch of like physical baggage in our apartments, but also like a ton of emotional baggage and the ways that those are intertwined. Um, And it unintentionally, I think, reveals a lot of like horrifying reflections. I don't know. Like there's a gay couple on um, and their episode I could talk about for a hundred hours, but it, it, there's such specificity to the spaces in which we live that um, are reflect a reflection of like my own lived experience. Um, it was just, it's very weird. It's a weird, weird show. I don't know if it's good, but it is fascinating. And mm. then there's this show, Instant Hotel, where it's basically like Australian people who run Airbnbs are in a giant competition where they each stay at each other's Airbnbs and oh, yeah. review them. Yeah. And then they're trying to find like the best Airbnb. They're, they don't really use that name a ton. They call it an Instant Hotel um, for branding reasons. But they try to find like the best one, like the best share economy house. And again, it aspires to be like an adorable, like all these people who like run their own little small businesses are going to check out each other's and compliment and get ideas and collaborate and have a really good time on these beautiful locations. And then compare the fun day trip activities. Like it sounds like British Bake Off where everyone's going to be friends and kumbaya and happy with who wins. But because they have real income on the line. They're unable to do that. And the fact that it's a competition will always come through. And the episodes devolve into what these people trying to be restrained and trying to come off as nice, but being like cutthroat competitors. Mm. So they say things where they're like, you know, I just didn't love all the natural light. You know, I I know. I Listen, I'm not trying to be competitive. I'm just saying I didn't love the natural light, and she's an idiot for doing it, and it was a waste of money. And this it's like when terrible. somebody it's like when somebody <laughs> is like, oh, your kitchen is cute, and it's like, oh, I see. Yes, it's mean. super passive aggressive. Yeah, it's and cool. super. And you know what it is? It's that when you put money on the line, like maybe it's good that Drag Race and like you know survivor and these shows are as vicious as they are because at least people are being honest about wanting the prize right in this it's like a weird study of trying to pretend that you don't that you're just being nice but then you at towards the end they just they lose control everything becomes real housewives and like it's just fascinating and like the Marie Kondo thing like sometimes the darker parts of reality tv are more honest than the like pretend nice parts right and rather than really breaking down that these couples talk abusively to each other this first couple that you see is just so nasty to each other but they try to do it in a nice way I, I don't know it's very fascinating and weird and i don't know why these shows are popping up now and why they're both from netflix but i have to recommend if you like reality tv i think it's so weird i mean the marie Kondo one seems timed for like the post holidays like okay my life self-improvement is a, yeah my life is a complete fucking hell world i need to do something about it and you know so like you're like oh yeah marie Kondo can give me she can um give me inspiration we did a piece um about the show and how it's kind of like uh not good and i sort of agree with the piece i mean i have to say like yeah, I, watched, I don't know if it's a good reality tv show but fascinating it absolutely it, is. it's fascinating but it's also fascinating because like the people there's some pretty uncomfortable weird situations that go on amongst the people who yes. she visits and also like i i just like kind of fundamentally like i yes i think people should definitely endeavor to get rid of clutter in their lives and you should also not like i mean i'm i'm the king of acquiring things and uh that i don't need so i should i really have no place to talk here but i will um but i actually have been working really hard on like curbing that tendency and also like getting rid of things that i no longer need or want but i do think there's also like you know her book thing is like does this book spark joy it's like books don't 
a lot of books don't spark joy. There, there's other reasons to have them, and like, there's other reasons to have other things that you own, and it isn't just about. I mean, like, it is a capitalist flex to be like, I'm going to throw out everything I'm not currently using because if I need it again, I'll just go buy it. Right. It absolutely, but also it's like, um, and like everything I own doesn't need to be like a perfect representation also minimalism of my personality is, and attached to a great memory. Sometimes I just own like boots. Minimalism and they're really is good for the rain. And minimalism is bullshit. Like, yeah. I, I'm sorry, it is. Like, as a guy who loves you know, has loved and will continue to love things that are minimal in nature. I also like, that is not a one, that cannot be your only. Sometimes um, minimalism is the solution to the problem that you have. Sometimes maximalism is the solution to the problem you have. Sometimes moderation is. It's about like solving for the exact problem that you have. Yeah, it's and it's okay about solving with... for your, it's about solving for your personality. Like there are yeah. people who have, I mean, I've seen some of the most beautiful homes in the world that are like floor to ceiling shit. Like yeah. they just have done, they've done it well, you know, and it looks really comfortable and interesting. Like, I think that it's, 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 there's not a one size fits all. I get it. It's like, well, you need a but strategy. That's, that's to why clean instant up. hotel is the other side of this oh because these people are trying to create reflections of their personality and fascinating places to be, but they also have to appeal to a consumer base. So it's this weird, like even just the grounds of finding the quote unquote perfect Airbnb is such a weird attempt to do anything because they're very small businesses and so they have to have the charm of like a local mom and pop store, but they never know who's going to stay there and they're going to get reviewed. So they have to be great for families and also single people and old people and accessibility. It's just a weird problem to solve. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, know, listen, it's great. I mean, but also as we live, you know, we've lived, we, we live in a society now where like accumulation of stuff is like kind of a mandate. And so, I think increasingly people are going to start. I mean, this is like everything. There's the there's the wave of this explosive wave of like gathering and doing, and then there's going to be like a trimming back, um, which I think is a good segue into my nice things. What's your nice thing? Well, my nice thing number one is actually like I don't know if it's a nice thing or not, but it's like I think Instagram is bad and we need to be on it less. And I am um, working on spending less time. Like, look, social networks are generally like feeding bad things now i don't think that there's a lot of positivity to be like there there are moments there are moments where i'm like oh my god this is great i see those moments less fewer. is more with social at the moment. yeah less is more like marie kondo apply the the the, the life-changing magic of tidying up to your social media situation is what i would say i mean yeah. i think we just need a lot less of it i think it's bad i think what's good is interfacing with the people around you and interfacing with like communities that you know and can speak to and speak in uh I think um, the general, like I've been exposed to things on Instagram where I'm like, this is one, it's like self-harm to look at this and two, it's just stupid and it's not worth my time. You know, it's like looking at people who are fantastically wealthy, having great lives is a waste of everybody's time. It's making you feel bad and you're not getting anything useful. Out What's of it. important is like every, there's always going to be somebody more successful than you, more beautiful than you, more talented than you. What's important is to like do your thing. And like, I don't think Instagram helps any, I think Instagram encourages us to be more like each other in a way that is negative and bad mm-hmm. to be more like other people in a way that's negative and bad. So, so my one nice thing is that I'm, I'm trying to spend less time on Instagram and also like find a, a way to use Instagram that is actually like makes sense for me because I don't really want to like put a bunch of pictures of my family on there. I'm not really like a selfies person. Um, I'm trying to figure out like what's the right way to use Instagram because I, I like photography um, but like, I don't, I don't walk around with a camera though. I've thought I've recently started to think about doing such a thing. Cause I do love photography that I think, but I think there's a lot of photos in the world. And like, I don't know that that's something where I want to like spend a lot of time right now. Anyhow. But like, the point is like, 
use it if you love it. That's fine. I just think it's bad generally for me and bad for like people. And I think it's the next social network to go. Um, and I think we're going to find that a lot of people, I mean, I've heard people say recently, like Instagram is over, like a lot of people. So yeah. I think we're going to start to see appealing back, uh, in a big way from that shit. Also, there are so many fucking phonies on Instagram. There's so much garbage, like Instagram influencer bullshit. There's so many things that are just like recreations of I life. Mean, almost everything life. you're looking at is fake, which yeah. is, I mean, even, it's sad. even just from a retouching perspective, every selfie you look at is fake. So it, it, it's very sad. And I, and I, and I encourage people to, um, you know, I'm encouraging people to not to not fuck with it as much. That's what I'm saying. Okay, my second nice thing is uh, Twilight Zone. So, as you know, New Year's Day, the Sci-Fi Channel runs a Twilight Zone marathon for like 24 yep. hours straight, which is awesome. I tried to watch a little bit with Zelda, but it definitely is like she's still she's at the age now where she understands what's going on, which is a problem because um, Twilight Zone is very fucked up and like a lot of those episodes were not working. So we did not spend a lot of time watching the marathon this New Year's Day, but um, it encouraged me to start. Uh, watching and re-watching episodes on Netflix. They're also on, available on Prime. And so instead of like trying to binge watch um, like whatever new, like the fucking hotel show that you're watching, I've been re-watching, like trying to find the best episodes that people are like, these are the classics you have to see and going through all the ones I haven't seen and re-watching the ones that I love and then trying to like go through the seasons. Mm -hmm. I have to say like, it, it reminds me of why, in my opinion, Twilight Zone is much better than Black Mirror, which is like, so the Twilight Zone is about people. I mean, it really is largely about people. And it almost never is like the result of like the terror is almost never because of like – I mean, yes, sometimes it's a device. But it's almost always like – It's not a thought experiment about a technology. It yeah. is about – It's like what if we all had to rate each other? It's like, yeah, there's stuff like that. But it's also like more like what are what is what do we consider to be beautiful? And how could yeah. that change? And if it changed, what would it it's do? It's not to a your, what your if. Brain? It's a thoughtful yeah. philosophical discussion. Exactly. Anyhow, um, so that's my nice thing and my other nice thing. And I think I recommend everybody goes back and watches The Twilight Zone to be reminded of what great, truly great science fiction slash horror television looks like. Excellent. I've seen every episode and I love it. And Have you seen every uh, episode? I've, I've not seen every episode, so I'm working my way through it now. All right. Well, look, that's it. We got to We got to This is we it. We've had, a very, we've had a very long one. There's a lot to catch up on. And yeah. now we get now we have to go. I have to now start we drinking. Do our Saturday. I actually have not been drinking. I did have a drink last night, but I've not been drinking largely for January for five days. So it's been pretty great, except for yesterday when I had a drink. <laughs> so I don't have a problem at all. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Don't at me. Bye. Bye. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, though I've just been informed that the Republicans have gotten your family's tape and it is not of them dancing.